It's going to be a huge month and a bit. Again, we were so excited by this and, well, it's such an honour to get these people on uh, the line and uh, talk to, to well, the, the movers and shakers of, um, well, the, the sport and, um, well, David Bashir, he's going to be the commentator for Channel 7 in the Women's World Cup. He's going to do a lot of games. Cannot wait to hear his call. And he joins us on the line. G'day, David. Hey, Jack, how are you going? You couldn't be better, mate. How excited are you and how excited should we be for uh, for this time next week when it all uh, kicks off? I think we should be very excited, actually, even if you're a, a neutral uh, football fan slash soccer fan. Um, it's the improvement every four years the women make uh, as far as their professionalism, the standard. You know, they make quantum leaps every cycle, every World Cup cycle. So that for one, but I think Australia now have a... You know, I reckon not even arguably. I think it's their best ever World Cup squad. Certainly, their their deepest as far as depth and covering different positions and flexibility and so forth. Um, they've struck form at just the right time. So, obviously, it's a month tournament. Things have got to go your way as far as injuries and and keeping you know you know footballers healthy and so forth and the right opponents out, out of the group stage. So, the first task is to get through the group. We, you know, we, we realistically have to top the group, I think, to, to avoid a bit of a banana skin in the round of 16. But, yeah, it's very, very positive indeed. David, it's was here. Uh, I cannot wait for this. And um, and yourself and the commentary team that you, you've built, we've just seen in the first sort of set of commercials with uh, the great Bruce McAvaney wandering around a stadium and introducing it. How are you feeling about the group you've got together to uh, bring the game to us? No, it's a good group. Yeah, it's uh, a mixture of... You know, broadcasters who have done the world game for many years. You know, myself and Grace Gill in commentary. Bruce McAvaney brings all that experience and, you know, gravitas to, to major events. And Mel McLaughlin will be the main host. Elise Kellen Knight has played over 100 caps for the Matildas. She unfortunately got injured a few months ago, so she had to be ruled out of World Cup selection. But, you know, at one stage she wanted to get out of the country. She was that distraught. But I think. A few people sp- talked her into doing this as a as a role to stay involved, and she's really fired up for it. She's going to love it. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, Seven have, have got a great pedigree of doing major events in Australia, so um, you know, it's, this is going to be a unique, different event because you're going to have so many different countries expressing themselves in a different way. A lot with controversies. You know, we've seen with you know in Australia's group. The Nigerians are, you know, probably a step away from going on strike because their federations are not doing the right thing by them. So you've got all those, you know, all those narratives in the backdrop um, surrounding what should be a, a fantastic tournament on the pitch. And just from that, um, how are we looking as an Australian team? And um, I mean, what are our expectations? I'm thinking sort of around the semis mark, and if we can go even further, that'd be great. But we definitely uh, are a contender. Oh, absolutely, I think. I think a quarterfinal would be an okay result. We've made the quarters before. A semi would be a good result. A final would be outstanding. And once you get to the last four, anything can happen in a major tournament. Remember, we were a breath off getting into a gold medal playoff at the Olympics in Tokyo. um, And that was Australia's best ever performance, the Matildas' best ever performance, and a real high point of Tony Gustafsson, the coach, because before then it was a a bit of doom and gloom his record uh, in you know starting with the Matildas wasn't that good um, but he was building depth in the squad um, there was a lot of naysayers and 
negativity around his, you know, his his start to the Matildas reign. But I think what he's done is he's he's built the necessary experience and depth in the squad. Uh, he's brought them together just at the right time. He's got key players back injured, you know, from long-term injuries like Ellie Carpenter and so forth. So, you know, from that point of view, he's had the right things happen. Um, but, you know, he's stuck firm to his beliefs uh, in wanting to get younger players valuable game time. And I think that's where we sit at the moment. We're, you know, we're a very good chance to at least get to a semi-final, if not a final. Well, that, that's terribly exciting, David. Uh, just, just one though. What's, what's the? I mean, you've watched Matildas a fair bit. What's the best formation? Do you think for them uh, to go deep in, into this tournament and hopefully make a final, uh, like we all hope? Yeah, well, look, he's tinkered with his, his structure, um, his formation on the pitch, and I, I firmly believe a four four two is is the best. Where Caitlin Ford plays alongside. Uh, Sam Kerr, and you've got a bit of pace out wide. You, you've either got Mary Fowler, who's a more technical player, or Hayley Rasso and Courtney Vine, who are, are quicker players, not as technical as, as Mary Fowler, who's a really outstanding, uh, you know, young player. She she didn't get. She was the youngest player to be selected in 2019 at 16, and she's now 20. Um, and uh, you know, she could she could win the young player of this World Cup. She's that good. Um, she's come back from a back injury and. And hopefully she shrugged off that. She plays for Manchester City in the in the WSL in, in England. But yeah, look, I, I think a four four two. You got Ellie Carpenter being the right back and Steph Catley, the left back. They provide that that sort of width and quality out wide. Uh, as long as we can have an injury free run at the back and get our defenders, you know, Claire Hunt, who's only played five times for the Matildas, but she's been one of the young players who's really stepped up. And Claire Polkinghorn, if they, if they stay fit. Um, obviously, Sam Kerr's firing. We know Caitlin Ford has had an outstanding season for Arsenal. So there's a lot of positives in this team. Uh, but I, I think a 4-4-2, mm. he tinkered with a lot of different formations. But that, that seems to be the one that's uh, got the best results. And uh, another for me, um, just in regards, sorry, to uh, the men's team and the men's sort of soccer outfit, how have they sort of... Um, have they, have they put into this World Cup themselves? Are they buying into it themselves as well? And uh, are we going to see any sort of some of their faces around? Um, look, I don't think... I think a lot of them take, um, you know, the off-season of their European clubs, so whether they're going to travel back for a World Cup, but I know that there's a really, um, you know, a tight respect between the Matildas and, and the Socceroos, obviously... A lot of the Matildas love what Australia did at the World Cup in Qatar where we made it out of our group and pushed the eventual world champions, Argentina. Um, and I was speaking to a couple of the players at training yesterday, a couple of the Matildas, and they watched um, from their European base on, you know, the old they, they, they cheated the old internet and they watched on VPN, they watched SBS's coverage and, um, you know, loved Harry Kuehl you know, talking about the Socceroos with such passion. But, yeah, they do follow it. And, and conversely, the Socceroos are really supportive of the Matildas. And really, when you look at it, um, they've got a, they've, the women have got the first World Senior World Cup in Australia. We've had a Youth World Cup way back in 93. So they're the ones making the pace. They were the ones that won the first major tournament uh, out of a senior team, the Asian Cup, in 2010. So, you know, it's really swung around in the last decade. They are... You know, one of the most revered sporting uh, teams of any 
uh, ilk in Australia and I think we'll see the great respect that they'll get 83,500 for the first match which will be a, an Australian record for a football match it won't be a sporting record because I think from memory wasn't there a T20 um, final a few years ago they got 90,000 at the MCG and that was a T20 I think I've got that right but um, it certainly was a cricket uh, World Cup final so you know Australia can pull a crowd we can host a major event um, we're very proud to have it and I think a lot of fans will enjoy Australia's matches but also ha- have a real appreciation of some of the other cultures and the way they re- you know, reflect themselves through football. Yes, no, it should be great. And it all kicks off, uh, as I said, next Thursday. Australia are playing against Ireland in their first game, so it should be fantastic. Uh, but you're, you're, I mean, you're a well-renowned sports commentator from everywhere, David, aren't you? I mean, what are your thoughts on the Ashes series? I know we've got a bit of, uh, I know we're time-restricted, but uh, how, are you, how are you finding the Ashes at the minute? Oh, I'm, I'm actually really loving the Ashes. It was a treme- tremendous uh, test match at, at Headingley, and, um, you know, to go with all the controversy at Lords and and so forth and I, I hope they drop David Warner only because I don't think he can play uh, <laughs> you know as well as he can on, on other pitches I don't think he's a he's a bit like the modern day David Hooks isn't he really he's, he's not suited his, his game's not really suited to the English wickets so um, but it was a tremendous test match uh, you know great and, and we may even get a, a similar England-Australia rivalry in the in the Women's World Cup Um because we're down to meet potentially England in the, either the round of 16 or a quarter or a semi, depending on how the draw goes. So, yeah, no, I've been loving the Ashes. Um, and before next Thursday too, we've got obviously their farewell game on Friday night at uh, at Marvel Stadium against France. And France are one of you know the top five nations in the world. So um, that's going to really be a, a great send-off for the Matildas on Friday night. Oh, fantastic! And just, just quickly, I know we're again time restricted, but uh, who's the team we uh, we beat in the final? Like, who's the other sides that are quite good? Uh, look, I think United States have won the last two World Cups. They're going through a bit of a transitional uh, spell at the moment. Uh, they certainly haven't got the depth of 2019 when they won with a different coach, Jill Ellis. But they've got some exciting young players. In fact, you probably remember Dennis Rodman, the bad boy of the NBA. Her, uh, his. Um, his uh, daughter Trinity Rodman is, is is the highest paid um, uh, American footballer in the domestic uh, NWSL. Um, she scored twice against Wales recently, and she's going to be one of the young strikers really to look out for. So that's going to be exciting. I think England are going through a similar thing. They're missing some key players. Germany will be strong, although they got beaten the other day a shock defeat by Zambia, who were unheralded going into that friendly match. Um, they're probably the ones. Sweden have come close in the past. Brazil, I don't think, will do it, but, you know, they'll, they'll be competitive. So it'll be out of, I think, uh, you know, the United States, um, England, maybe even Spain. Spain have gone through their upheavals. They've got the best player in the world at the moment, Alexia Puteas, who's a tremendous player. She's won the last two Ballon d'Ors for the best women's player in the world. So, uh, you know, those, those sort of nations will... Um, we'll probably fight it out but on Australia's side of the draw we've got on our side of the draw we have England, France and potentially we could meet Germany in the semi-final so that that's who we've got to get through but first and foremost we've got to top our group to avoid England in the round of 16 and it's likely to come down to our last group match in Melbourne against Canada that, that's going to be the crucial one 
Well, we're all looking forward to it, mate, and you've set it up beautifully, mate. So, uh, look, we cannot wait to uh, hear your call, and uh, hopefully you have an excellent month and a bit, and uh, we, we really look forward to you watching on the uh, Channel 7, mate. So th- thank you for so much for your time this, uh, this afternoon. Good on you, and uh, thanks for talking World Cup with us. <laughs> Not a problem. Oh, boy. Oh, what a thrill that was. David Bashir there, Channel 7 commentator for the FIFA Women's World Cup.